who are celebrating 55 years of marriage on September 14th. So happy anniversary. Sunday school and confirmation classes start today. So parents, if you have students going into the new classes this year, please bring them to their new classrooms following the church service this morning. And then the, the room locations are noted in your bulletin, so they'll be off to a good start. There is a new adult Bible uh, study class starting today. This is a six-part series studying the 23rd Psalm. This group meets in the ministry center, youth room, following the morning worship. And also, one more note here, the Awana registration is open. Awana is open to children preschool to sixth grade and will begin on October 4th. And you can find the official registration on, or you can find the link to the registration online in your bulletin, or there's a piece of paper over here at the information center. So take this time to greet your neighbor before we get started. Okay, good morning. I'd like to welcome those who are listening on the radio today and those that are watching on Facebook Live. Would you please join and rise and join me in the call to worship taken from Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the Lord, the Lord is right and true. His faithful in all he does. The Lord loves the righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the water, water of the sea into the jars. He puts the deep into the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But, he plan but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his, of his heart through all the generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, for the people he chooses for his inheritance. From the, heaven of the, from the heaven the Lord looks down, and he sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on the earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who hope, on those who hope is in his unbelief. Our hearts rejoice in the Lord. 
worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opens the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. Our God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We're going to shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Because he hung up on that cross and he rose up from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout Lord, our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet, but we shout out your praise. We were the beggars, but now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, but now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Cause we were the beggars, but now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, but now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. so many things to praise him for he is a good good father I have this book that I read to my grandchildren and it's written by Chris Tomlin who wrote this next song that we're going to praise with it's called good good father and it talks about Teddy Teddy's got all his friends that have all these needs some are sick some are hungry some don't have friends but he sees the need and he wants to go to the good, good father whose castle is on the hill, whose door is always open, always open. So he goes around and he finds out these things about the good, good father. He's a teacher. I'm going to bring him some books. He's a musician. I'm going to bring him some instruments. He's a doctor. I'm going to bring him some band-aids so that he can help out my friends. But when he gets to the good, good father and he's trying to give the good father something, the good, good father just looks at him and says, I just want you. If you will come to me, my door is open through the blood of Jesus Christ. Come to me. And now let's go to your friends. We can't do anything with our friends. We can't do anything to help anybody without the good, good Father coming with us. So as you sing this song, think of the good, good things that he does for us. The God of our salvation.
Father, thank you for the glory of today, Father. Thank you for the opportunity to come and worship with others as we sing songs of praise on the radio and watching us on Facebook Live. I pray that they can feel your presence also in their lives, Father. Allow each one of us to come together as one and to serve you and to praise you and worship you. Father, We're so thankful that Sunday school and youth group and confirmation and youth Bible study. And and in three weeks, we're thankful for the Iwana program. All those programs are starting up again today, Father. And I pray that you bless those children and young people that come to those. I pray you especially bless those teachers and the helpers. I pray that they remain true to your word. And I pray that it has never lost upon them the the tremendous responsibility they have to teach those young people your word, Father. And so, so, Father, we're so thankful for that. We're so thankful for the other Bible studies, the adult Bible studies that are starting up. And I pray for all those that are leading those too, Father. But, Father, there's just so many things that are happening in your church. And we're just so thankful that you are with us each and every day, Father. And, Father, those are some of the joys that we have. But, Father, there's so many concerns. And we pray for a young girl who passed away in a neighboring community, Father. We lift up her family and her friends to you. I know there are other ones that are also going on, Father, that that they have troubles in their lives, whether it be sickness and illness or, or whatever it may be, Father. There's so many things of darkness that come down into this world, Father, that we spend a lot of time worrying about them. We spend a lot of time in our thoughts thinking about them. We spend a lot of time in our prayers praying about them, Father. So, Father, all those people that are affected by whatever it may be, I pray that you would give them comfort and peace. And I pray you also give them the the opportunity and the the courage to move forward, Father. And I pray that their faith never dwindles. I pray that these instances of distress would increase their faith in you, Father. Some of these things we certainly don't understand and we never will, Father. But because of our faith in you, We can get through these things. And Father, today, as we hear the message that's being delivered by Pastor Joel, 
And not only by him, there's other pastors around on this Sunday morning that are delivering their message, Father. But I pray that they remain true to your word, Father. That you will bless them and they'll be bold in their presentation. Because, Father, there's so many things that we just can't get through this by ourselves. We need you in our lives, Father. We reach out to you, Father, to come into our hearts. And I pray that once you're there, Father, we can detect when there's false teachers. We can detect when people are trying to steal the word out of our heart that you have put there. So, Father, we do need you. We always need you. And, Father, we just thank you that we can come to you in prayer on these mornings. And we can hear your word. But, Father, I pray after we leave here today that we continue to stay in your word. One day a week is not enough to be fed by you, Father. We need that every day in our lives. So, Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come before you in prayer this morning. We come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. Now I'd like to have Pastor Joel and Pastor Tori come forward to... They have a little presentation to make for, to some of our young people. All right. Well, good morning. Uh, it's so nice to see you all here gathered with us this morning on this first day of Sunday school here for the new year. And one of the exciting things that we get to do on the first day of Sunday school is present Bibles to our new second graders who are moving up into a new classroom. And so I'm going to read off the names that we have here today, and Pastor Tori is going to hand you Bibles. So as I read your name, I invite you to come forward and get your Bible from Pastor Tori. But then don't go anywhere because we want to pray for you and pray for our Sunday school year as we get started today. So please stay up here with us as well. So as I read your name, please come forward. Micah Sutledge. Elena Zambrogel. McKenna Metzger. Mathis Luck. Emma Jones. Jack Wall, Benjamin Hirschfeld, Millie Bashong, and Claire Bashong, and Avery Werwell. All right. All right, guys. Well, today's an exciting day, right? Guys, get your own Bible. That is super cool. So, different about a Bible and a library book? Can you write in your Bible? Yeah. Can you highlight in your Bible? Can you color in your Bible? Yeah. Yeah. The Bible is so much different than a library book. One, because God wrote that book. He used people like you and me and he spoke through them and he wrote the word. And God also speaks to us when we open our Bibles and when we read them, okay? And so when God speaks, we can highlight, we can underline, we can make sure we mark it, right? Because when we read the Bible, God is always talking to us. He's teaching us about himself, about his love for you, about how, he, how you can follow him each day and what that looks like. And so the Bible is a really, really special special book and it helps you to grow in your faith and in your relationship with Jesus. So how do we grow in our relationship with Jesus? Go to church. Yeah. Read the Bible. Yes. That's, that's a big part of growing in our relationship with Christ is reading the Bible and you can read the Bible anywhere, anytime, right? You can bring that thing to school and you can read it at school. You can read it on the bus. If you're like me, I get car sick, so I can't read it in the, in the car or on the bus. But you can read it anywhere. So make sure that you take that Bible with you to Sunday school, 
to, you can take to school, to practice, all of those, all those places. And you can read it anywhere, anytime. And when you open that, God will speak to you and he will talk to you and show you who he is and how much he loves you. So I hope that you guys read it. Our prayer is that it helps you grow in your faith and that you become strong in the Lord as you read and study the Bible over the rest of your life, hopefully. So, yeah. All right. Just one more thing to add, right? Those Bibles are special, aren't they? It's an exciting thing to get your very own Bible. And, and those, are, uh, those are big kid Bibles, right? Those aren't storybook Bibles, but that is uh, the real Bible, and it's a study Bible. So uh, one special thing about them is they are meant to be read, right, mm-hmm. as Pastor Tori was saying. And not just on your own, but with your families, too. So parents, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa out there, aunt and uncle, we encourage you to read them with your child, right? This is an opportunity for a family to come together around God's word and read it together. So it speaks to you and you learn so much about his amazing love for you as you read them. Uh, I'm going to pray for these kids, but I also want to take this opportunity to pray for all of our Sunday school department as we begin a new year. So if you are a Sunday school teacher, helper, piano player, if you teach confirmation or help out with that, I want to invite you to stand at this time because we want to pray for these kids, but we also want to pray for you as well as we begin a new Sunday school year together. So if you are uh, part of the Sunday school department in any way or confirmation, I invite you to stand at this time. All right. So as you look around, you'll notice that you know, the, the Sunday school department requires a lot of volunteers and helpers. And so I want to encourage you uh, to be praying for these individuals that you see standing up here and, and be praying for them as they go, as they start their new year together. And also, if you're not standing up and you want to be, right, if you want to help out, um, we're always looking for more teachers, more helpers. Please reach out to Pastor Tori or myself or any of the teachers that you see standing up and we can tell you how you can get connected. So let me, let's pray together and pray for these students as well as the teachers that you see standing here. I invite you to pray with me. Father God, we thank you for these students up here receiving their Bibles today. I pray that as they take them with them today, that, um, that you would just speak to them in and through your word. Um, and we thank you, Lord, for your amazing love, which your word tells us about. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died and rose again. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Who, who teaches us and guides us as we study your word. And so, Lord God, I pray for each one of these students up here and their families. I pray that they be grounded in your word and they learn all about you as they study it together. And as we begin a new school year, we also pray for all of the classes and all of the teachers and students and helpers and volunteers that make this Sunday school department what it is. We just pray that you be with them as they begin a new year together today. I pray that you bless each one of the teachers and helpers um, and, in, and I pray that you give them grace to, as they teach our young people about your love and about your son, Jesus Christ, and what he's done for us. And I pray that this school year would be, would be the best yet, Lord. Um, we, we pray that it be successful in your terms, Lord, um, as, as these kids, both the ones up here and all the kids in Sunday school, learn to grow, to know, love, and serve you in their lives. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, you guys can just go ahead and be seated because we're going to invite the other kids up for children's chat now. So any other children that are here with us today, we invite you to come forward for children's chat. Guys, come on all down here. Oh, look at all of you. Isn't that wonderful? Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. Well, that wasn't too bad. What do I have here? What is it? An owl. Have you ever heard the saying, wise as an owl? Yes, right. That's what they say, isn't it? What does it mean to be wise? Huh? What's it mean to be wise? Brave? Mm, kind of, sort of. That comes into it. Well, if you could be smart... Or wise, which one would you want to be? Both. 
true, very true. If you had to pick one of them, wise, why? Huh? Why would you want to be wise? Well, let me say this little phrase I found. Now listen really close. An old owl sat in the oak. He saw, the more he saw, the less he spoke, the less he spoke, the more he heard. Why can't we be like that old wise owl? Because if we're talking all the time, are we hearing anything? No, we're not. So if we listen quietly, then we'll learn more. But the difference between being smart and being wise is when you're wise, it's knowing what is right and doing it. It's about making good choices that honor God. Now, the first way you can do that is listening, like we talked about the owl. God gives us how many ears? How many? Two. How many mouths does he give us? One. Hmm. You think we should hear more and listen more than we talk? Absolutely. We should listen twice as much as what we talk. And always make sure we think about what we're going to say. Now, some of you got brand new Bibles today, and that is so exciting. You know, the Bible is our source of learning how to be wise. The word wise or wisdom is in the Bible 200 times. You think God wanted us to know about being wise? I think if he put it in there that often, he probably thought the more we read it, the more we'd understand. God wants us to pay attention to what the Bible says. And he gives us all kinds of ideas. You can hear the hear about the Bible by reading it at home and Sunday school and Awana and a lot of places. And that Bible is your book of how to become wise. Now, if we're looking for how to become wise or looking for wisdom, who do we pray to? Who do we pray to? God? God is our source for wisdom. And you know who the wisest man man on earth was? Well, he was wise too. Solomon. He was the son of King David. And God was so pleased with what Solomon was doing, he told him, ask him what he would want. And you know what he asked for? Wisdom. He asked for wisdom so he could make good decisions as the king. So he grabbed God's really happy to give us that if we just pray for it. And you know another way to show wisdom is how you act around others through love. God tells us we should do all things through love and that we make better choices. We do it through love. So everything we do about being wise, we can learn from God, the Bible, by prayer, and listening to the Holy Spirit, who helps us know what's wise and the right decisions to make. Now, that's hard to do. You, uh, are you wise by the time you're six? Are you wise by the time you're 16? You, think, you might think you are, but are you wise by the time you're 21? No, but you know when you're about 21 or 22, your folks seem a lot wiser than they were when you were 16. Are you wise when you're 99? They've got a lot more wisdom under their belt, don't they? But it's something we work for every day. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you a question of things you might be in. You tell me whether it's a wise choice or not a wise choice. Don't lie. A wisdom choice. Good. You can call it out if you want. Uh, steal from a store. Bad choice. Right. Obey your parents. Parents are not wise. Wise. Cheat on a test. Not wise. Right. Forgive others. Wise. Be jealous. Not wise. 
Don't share. Not wise. Put God first. That's very, very wise. That's the key to a lot of things, isn't it? So we face tough choices, whether you're in second grade, kindergarten, whether you're retired, just married or whatever. We face tough choices every day, and it's hard to do the right thing. But if we keep reading in the Bible, we pray to God to help us make the right decisions, and we can go to God and get wisdom so we can make those right choices. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us what we need. Help us to look to you for wisdom and to make good decisions. Help us to make wise choices in our lives to honor you. Thank you for your love. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, there's color pages with owls down there. So you can take those those with you, okay? Amen. You guys can head back to your seats, grab those coloring pages. Thanks, Carolyn, for that awesome children's chat. Do I get a hug from you, too, or a high five? Hug? There you go. You know, you said that about, about kids. As, as invite the choir to come forward. We're have, happy to have our choir back in session this, this fall. Uh, but, Carolyn, you mentioned something about uh, teenagers and, and learning about their parents' wisdom. It reminded me of a quote from, I think it was Mark Twain, and I'm going to uh, paraphrase it. But he said he was embarrassed by how little his parents knew when he was 16 years old and was amazed at how much they had learned in the eight years since then when he was 24, right? So we, we realize just how much our, our parents know and understand, and we grow in wisdom throughout our years. And that's something we're going to continue to talk about with our lessons, with our scripture later today. Our offering this morning uh, goes to support the Shelby County Right to Life. Um, so I want to encourage you to give as you feel led to give today. Um, the money that you put in the offering plate, not designated for other purposes, will go to support that important, very important ministry and the work that they do to support life in the womb. So at this time, we're excited to have our choir back with us this morning uh, with Beth Butcher, and I want to invite the deacons to come forward to collect their offering as well.
scripture from Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Amen. Thanks, Reagan. You can be seated. Let's pray together again. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word together this morning. We thank you for, uh, for your word, which is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. And as we study it together this morning, as we look at the book of Proverbs together, I pray your Holy Spirit would be present and active in this place and open up the hearts and minds of all those who listen, both here in the sanctuary as well as those that are listening elsewhere. And I pray, Lord, that you give me words to speak, words that are honoring and pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So yesterday was uh, kind of a full, busy morning for us as a family, and, and many of you with, with kids know not only is Sunday school back in full swing, but soccer season is at its height as well. And we had our first, uh, now with uh, Josephine in the U10 league and Miles in the U6 league, we're having, we had our first con- scheduling conflict yesterday. So we had JoJo with a game at 10 o'clock in Wapak and Miles who... Allie coaches his team, was back here in New Knoxville at 11, and so we were going in two different directions and catching uh, as much of those games as we could. And one of the things I noticed in Miles' league, and for those of you who have kids in that U6 league know, it's a little bit of controlled chaos on the field, isn't it? Right? You got four, five, and six-year-olds on each team trying to score a goal, and and a lot of times you're just trying to get them pointed in the right direction, much less, you know, uh, putting some sort of play or, or move together like that. But one of the things I notice, it's the voice of their coach. When they're out there on the field, they're very distracted, right? They got their friends running around. They got moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas on the sideline watching them and cheering them on. You know, sometimes they're waving at mom rather than paying attention to where the ball is. Uh, But the most important thing for those kids is to be able to hear the voice of their coach, to be able to pick that voice out among all the other noises and all the other sounds and all the other voices that they hear during that time. Because if they can hear the voice of their coach, then they know what they're supposed to do. They know what direction they're supposed to go in. They know whether they're on offense or defense, and they know uh, exactly where they're supposed to go. And I bring that up because as I was thinking, as I was watching Miles' game yesterday, I couldn't help but think of the book of Proverbs and the wisdom that God desires to, to impart to us through the book of Proverbs. You see, there's lots of competing voices in our world, isn't there? There's lots of distractions and there's lots of other, other things going on. And for us as Christians, it's important that we're able to discern God's voice amongst the chaos and amongst all the other voices and noises that we hear in our world today. Because there's lots of other ideas in our world about what is wise. There's lots of competing paradigms for how to look at our world and how to, how to understand it rightly. And for us as Christians, it's important that we commit ourselves to the Lord, that we understand that His way is right and just and true. And that begins with having a fear of the Lord. As Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so it's important that we have that right kind of fear and and understand what wisdom is from a biblical perspective. And so we're going to look at these first few verses of Proverbs together today. And we're going to talk about what it means to live a, a godly and wise life in our world today. Now we can... One of the ways I thought about approaching this morning was by looking at some of the major themes throughout Proverbs, because there's a lot of very practical wisdom that can be found there. From the very first verse, we see that these are Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And as Carolyn pointed out in our children's chat, Solomon is described in Scripture as the wisest person who ever lived. In 1 Kings chapter 3, he had an opportunity to ask God for anything. God appears to him and says, ask for whatever you desire. 
And Solomon, instead of asking for wealth or power or any of those other things, he asked for wisdom in order to rule God's people wisely and justly. And that's what God granted him was wisdom. And so in, in that very next chapter in 1 Kings 4, it describes his wisdom. And, and it says that Solomon wrote over 3,000 proverbs and 1,005 songs. And, and kings from all over came to Israel to hear Solomon speak because of his wisdom. And so what we have in the book of Proverbs is, is a collection of those wise sayings, not just from Solomon, but from other individuals as well. But they are wisdom, practical wisdom on how the world is supposed to work. And so there's themes about how to handle money wisely, right? The importance of hard work in our daily lives in order to provide for ourselves and for our families. The importance of telling the truth and avoiding falsehood. The importance of treating people fairly and justly, not to oppress or abuse others, but to, but to care for those who are in need and to, to treat people with fairness. Right? Those are all, those and many more are major themes we see throughout the book of Proverbs, and, and including uh, also how to live well in this world and how to um, avoid sexual immorality and those sorts of things. There's lots of very practical wisdom, and we could, we could spend all morning just breaking down what some of those are. But instead of doing that, I want to point to godly wisdom in general and Proverbs as a whole and how we, as we read through the book of Proverbs, we can, we can understand them rightly so that we can apply those wisdoms in those specific situations to our own lives. And so the first thing that we must understand about Proverbs and about wisdom in general is that godly wisdom is about both understanding and applying God's word and God's wisdom to your life. Note what it says in verses 2 and 3. It says, For gaining wisdom and instruction for understanding and words of insight, and for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, for, giving, for doing what is right and just and fair. So there's two sides of biblical wisdom. On the first side, it is gaining wisdom and instruction and insight into how the world typically works. Right? So there's an there's a information right, that is important. But it's so much more than that. It's not just about information transfer. It's not just about knowledge. There is a whole lot of that in the world today. But it's about how to take that information and apply it to our lives in a way that is godly, in a way that is, that is fair and just. We have more access to information today in our world than we've had at any other point in human history. But I'll just go out on a limb and say that it hasn't always made us wiser people, has it? Right? Think about what uh, technology like AI and, and, and ChatGPT is able to do. You're able to, to produce information in, in moments that would have taken years of study previously. But you can just log on to a website, uh, type in a prompt, and it will give you information. And, and many times it is credible, many times it isn't. But, but it is information at our fingertips, more so than we've ever had in our lives before. But wisdom is not just information, is it? Wisdom isn't just gathering data. It's about how to use it wisely and how to apply it wisely to our lives. And that's where that second part comes in. There's, there's understanding and instruction and, and insight, but then it's taking that information that we've received and applying it to our lives in a way that makes sense, in a way that is fair and just. That's why... Solomon here talks about prudent behavior and doing what is right and just and fair. See, wisdom is both knowing what the right thing is and then following through and actually doing it. It does no good to know Scripture, to memorize what God's Word says, to have Proverbs in the back of your mind, or to have the sayings of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount on the back of your mind if you don't actually live them out. In fact, I would say that is probably even more unwise to know what is right and then not do it. So godly wisdom is both understanding what is right and good and true and then also living it out and applying it to your life. 
And so as you read through the book of Proverbs, it's not just a mental exercise. It's not just about the information that is there. The information is good and holy and just, but it's about taking what we've learned and through the the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, applying it to our lives. There's an important note that we must make before we move on. You see, one of the, I think, dangers or one of the mistakes that we make when we approach the book of Proverbs is that we take these, these passages that talk about how life generally works and how God created the world to work, and we take them and, 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 and we receive them as, as prophecies or promises that, that if we just do this one thing, then God, is, God will bless us in this way. So it's important to understand that when we talk about the book of Proverbs, when we work through these passages, these are not promises or guarantees that if you do X, God will do Y for you in your life. But these are general observations on how the world tends to work or how the world should work. understand in our lived experience that that is not always the case. There's a few examples that I want to share with you to help highlight that for us. One famous passage, and as a youth pastor, I... I dealt with this one quite a bit. And as a parent, I also, under, I also think about it often. Proverbs 22.6 says, Start children off on the way that they should go, and even when they are old, they will not depart from it. Right? If we take that as a promise, if we take that as a guarantee, then, then how do we reconcile that proverb with the fact that there are many prodigal children wayward children out there. I guarantee you just about every family sitting here today has someone that, is, that is, would be considered a prodigal. And it's not the fault of the parents, it's not the fault of the grandparents that those things happen. You know, if we take Proverbs 22.6 at face value and say, I did all the right stuff, what went wrong? We're missing the point. Generally speaking, when you raise a child up in the way that they should go, when they're old, they will not depart from it. That is generally true in most cases, but it is certainly not a guarantee. I'll give you another example, Proverbs 14, verse 23. Again, that's Proverbs 14, verse 23. It says, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Poverty. Now we know that if that were true, then, then anybody who works hard at their job is going to be prosperous and wealthy, and anybody who's lazy or, or takes advantage of people is going to fall into poverty. But again, we know that is not true in all cases. There are many very hardworking single moms who have a hard time making ends meet. If it was all just about hard work, then they'd be wealthy. right? See, the world doesn't always work the way that it's intended And this last one I know is difficult. But I think it's important for us to share it as well. In Proverbs 10, 27. The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Take that proverb at face value and what is it? If we take that as a promise, what does it teach us? That if we fear the Lord, if we love Him and we serve Him, then we're going to live a long and prosperous life, right? But those who reject the Lord, those who do evil are going to be cut short. Their lives are going to be cut short. But we all know from lived experience that that is not the case. The first funeral that I ever assisted with as a youth pastor at my last church was for a three-year-old boy who died at the hands of his mom's abusive boyfriend. Just this last week in our neighboring community, a young 11-year-old girl lost her life. There's no answers to that. And we all know in this community, we're impacted by the loss of a dearly loved individual in a car accident. And if we take passages like this and we apply them to our lives as pure promises and guarantees, then we're going to be lost. We're not going to understand the fact 
that things don't always work this way. And so how do we make sense of this as Christians? How do we make sense of, of these proverbs of applied and practical wisdom with the reality that this world doesn't work the way that it should? And the answer to that is because of sin. Not my sin individually, not your sin in, in particular, right? Sometimes we make bad choices and we make mistakes and that affects our lives. Of course, we all understand that. But sin as a whole has affected all of creation in a way that, that is just impossible and, and, and difficult to understand and describe. This world just does not work the way that it was intended to work. Children who have been raised in loving and godly homes go off the rails. People who work hard all their lives barely make ends meet. And of course, good, God-loving people die way too young. If we take Proverbs as promises, as guarantees, then we're going to have a hard time living in this world that has been broken and impacted by sin in a way that affects every aspect of life. But, we, but if we understand Proverbs to be general applications of, of practical wisdom, of how the world generally works, then we'll see that there is a, a way that God intended for us to live and work. And the lived experience that we go through in this world, and we're going to realize that there is a gap there, and that gap is because of our sin. And that gap points us to the Savior that we need. See, we can tie this back then to the fear of the Lord. We see in the, in the middle verses here that, that Proverbs is for the young and the old, right? That, that both our young people need guidance and it's never too late for an old dog to learn new tricks, right? So, so Proverbs has wisdom for all of us. You know, young people need to need that guidance because they are still learning what it means to be a good person and live life in light of God's word. Studies show that the, the prefrontal cortex, right, of a person's brain doesn't fully develop. That's the, that's the decision-making part of a person's brain. That doesn't fully develop to their mid to late 20s. So teenagers, right, need wisdom and guidance because they haven't fully figured it all out yet. Right? We need to give them instruction and guidance and, and we need to help them make decisions that are God-honoring and, and good for them. But we also need to remember that, that we are never too old to learn new things. We never outgrow our need for wisdom. In fact, wisdom is realizing just how much you don't know. And so don't be too proud to learn. So again, that brings us back to godly wisdom begins with reverent respect for the Lord. That word fear is, is hard for us to uh, maybe deal with sometimes because when we hear the word fear, we think to be scared of something, to run from something because you're afraid of it. But when the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, which it does often, it's not that we are called to be scared of God, but that we are to have reverent respect. We are to be in awe of him for who he is. Yes, God is the one who created and sustained us. And yes, he is the one who will come to judge the world, to judge the living and the dead, as we talk about in the Apostles' Creed. But if we truly understand God for who he is, for, for what he's done for us through Christ, that is not something that we should be scared of. It's something that we should be in awe of, that we should be grateful for, that we should rejoice in. And so when we talk about fear of the Lord, it is, it is a different kind of fear. It is, a, it is reverence. It is respect. It is to be awe of, be in awe of who God is and what he's done for us. You see, for decades now, like the, the, the secular, humanistic, atheistic perspective was that if, if we just take religion and God out of the, the public life, then people won't be afraid anymore. We'll get rid of all this fear of God nonsense. Everybody will live their best life and everybody's going to be happy and joyful and it's going to lead to something great. But if anybody's been paying attention these last few decades, the opposite has been true, right? The more we've moved away from God, the more we've moved away from a healthy, righteous fear of him, the more anxious and afraid people have become, right? Think of this, the epidemic of, of deaths of despair, of, of anxiety. 
Those things are running rampant, not just in in teenagers, but in, in every season of life. If we had a healthy and right fear of the Lord, to be in awe of Him and to put Him above all other things, that fear will drive out all those other fears. That fear will help us to overcome the other fears that we struggle with. Again, it's not going to be perfect, but when we put our faith in God, He will help us. Our, our, our putting Him first will help us to overcome those other fears. So why is a, a knowledge or fear of the Lord the beginning of wisdom, or the beginning of knowledge, as it says here in verse 7? It's because God is the one who created us and sustained us and sustains us. And so he knows how this world is supposed to work and how we are supposed to relate to him and to other people. All right, think about someone who, who invented, uh, an engineer who invented a product, right? They're going to know intimately how that product works and they're going to understand the way it's intended to be used. And so who better, if you're trying to figure out how to work this product, who better to go to than the one who invented it? than the one who created it, who knows it inside and out, and who has created it for a purpose. That is why all wisdom ultimately finds its source in the Lord, because he created us, he sustains us, not just us as individuals, but this entire world. And if we understand that, then we'll understand that he knows what is right and what is true, that he understands how this world is supposed to work. So in closing, I just want to comment on how, how do we acquire this wisdom then? How can we live with godly wisdom in our lives now? Not as a way to twist God's arm to get his blessings, but as a way to live in response to God's goodness and grace towards us. Well, they're going to seem obvious, but they're important to reiterate. It begins with studying his word. The book of Proverbs, yes, but his word as a whole gives us godly wisdom on how we are called to live in this world. And that is built on a relationship with Jesus as Savior and Lord. You can have all the wisdom in the world that you want. You can, you can have all the wise sayings, but if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're still missing the point. I wasn't going to, I know we're cutting it close on time, but I feel like I got to throw this out there. When it comes to wisdom, there's lots of, 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 again, observations that if you live well, things will go well for you, right? But here's the bottom line. You can have all the blessings. You can have all the good things that God has ever provided. But if you don't have the Lord, you're, you're, you're still left with nothing. In Exodus, after God's people created the golden calf and began to worship the idol, the Lord tells Moses, just go on ahead, go into the promised land, but I'm not going to go with you. In other words, God said, I'll give you all the blessings. I'll fulfill all my promises, but I'm not going to be there. And in that moment, Moses says, Lord, it does us no good if you don't go with me, if you don't go with us. In other words, Moses said, we can have all the promises, all the blessings, all the benefits, but if we don't have the Lord, if we don't have the presence of the Lord, we don't have anything. And so Moses pleads with the Lord to go with them, to to allow his presence to be with his people. And of course, the Lord does go with them. You see, we can pursue wisdom because we want the blessings. But if we do that, we're missing the point. We need to pursue wisdom for the Lord's sake because it is the way that God created us and designed us. And it grows and it flows out of a relationship with Jesus. We also acquire wisdom through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He helps us to understand and apply what we read in his word. He, he points us at all times to Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us. And finally, it's our brothers and sisters in Christ that also point us, help us to understand godly wisdom. It's within the church community. It's within godly families as parents seek to raise their children to know the Lord. It's through the wisdom and instruction and example of others that we grow in godly wisdom. And so I just want to encourage you, as, we, as you read through the book of Proverbs and you think about the, the wisdom that is on display here, 
and the, and the fact that we live in a sinful and broken world, let that reality point you to Jesus. The gap between how things are supposed to operate and the way things are is a gap that we can't overcome by ourselves. Right? All the wisdom in the world, all the good ideas, all the right living isn't going to be enough to bridge that gap. We need a Savior to rescue us, to lift us out of that pit and to place us on solid ground. And so as, as, we, as we read through Proverbs and, and, and understand who God is and what he's calling us to do, let that point you to the Savior who has fulfilled that for you. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. And I pray that as we, as we study it and as we, as we soak in your wisdom, Lord, help us to point, help, let it point us to you, Lord. Help us to turn our eyes to you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. As we close our service this morning, I invite you to stand and sing our closing song. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. You may go in peace.